to disrespectfully agree with Oatman and LJ. I am LJ, and that's it. Oatman, I'm afraid, is out of town. And all the equipment is with him. And I'm afraid that's why my microphone sounds quite poor at the moment. Apologies for that. So I'm afraid I have to do the worst thing imaginable. When I was a kid, almost every show had an obligation to make a certain number of episodes every week. And eventually, they threw in the towel and did a clip show. And I hated every single one of those. So that's what I'm going to do. You're about to enjoy, (laughs) if you like... A very brief clip show of some of the moments from the show, some off-topic banter, some non-sequiturs, and some inside jokes that you may have missed previously. If so, please enjoy. If not, re-experience the hotness. I'll introduce each clip and have a little book chime, turn-the-page sound effect in between each. First up, Oatman and I take a little tangent in our first episode about the Black Panther to discuss Wesley Snipes and Blade. I saw, uh, what's his name, um, Wesley Snipes. Okay. An interview he did, and I felt so bad for Wesley. I mean, Why? He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. It's Blade. Yeah, but he was, that's Passenger he was. Passenger 57. He was like, he was like, everybody acting like this is groundbreaking. breaking. What about Blade? <laughs> I, was like, I was like, well, what about Blade? Yeah, what about Blade, man? People forget that uh, about Blade. People do not forget about Blade. That's what, well, first of all. Blade is not Black Panther. Blade is Blade. It's a Blade. Well, there, there Speaking a, of which, Guillermo del Toro did a Blade movie. Oh, that's Blade right. number two. Yeah. I did a Blade. I did a, a Black movie. Oscar winner. Guillermo. I did a. <laughs> yeah, I did a Black. I did a Black movie with a superhero, and it's like, well, no, you didn't. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I watched. Uh, I watched Mantis on Fox. <laughs> that's a deep pull. <laughs> I watched every episode of Mantis. Yeah, with uh, what's his name? Um, God, I know the actor too. Uh, shame on me, I know that. Yeah, actor. but he was in um, Alias. Yeah, he was in um, Alias. He was in L.A. Law. He was in what's his name? And that show was dog shit. <laughs> I watched every episode. Yeah, because it was a superhero show on TV. Exactly. And what I would tell my dear, dear, bitter. Wesley Snipes is, mm-hmm. you did a movie in which the lead character happened to be black, but there was nothing black about Blade. It just wasn't. Oh, interesting. You did a movie where the guy just happened to be black. That's a little different than what's happening. So in it, it. Ah, so this one, since it plays on, and it uh, plays on, this sounds negative, since it incorporates cultural iconography and themes... Well, I wouldn't say just incorporates. I, I say weave it as the main plot process. So as a scholar myself, um, when you read stuff like Samuel Delaney or you read Octavia Butler, essentially they... Nobody they, reads, but go ahead. They, <laughs> they've taken Octavia Butler, who was one of the, well, I would say, the greatest African-American science fiction writer in the history of this country, or Samuel Delaney, who's also a science fiction writer. These African-American authors would take African American tropes and weave them into the genre of, of science fiction. Mm-hmm. What Kugler has done is he's done an answer to that for the screen. That's not what Blade was. Blade was a, a character that could have been white or Jewish; it wouldn't have mattered. It, it, you know, he, he could have been anything. He doesn't. There's, there really are no tropes that that matter because he's black. He just happens to be black. T'Challa doesn't happen to be African. 
or happen to be black. Part of why that story works is he has to be black. If he's not black, then the story doesn't make sense. <laughs> if Killmonger well, is a Jew, now hold on. Let's if not, Killmonger I'll, is a Jewish guy, that that dog don't look, hunt. Look, I am. <clears throat> I am. Uh, I don't know about you. Sounds like you're uh, against this, but I I uh, appreciate diversity in film. Me too. Come on, colorblind casting. That is the future. Yeah, because I've done so well with that. Oh, well, yeah. You've learned your lesson. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I, did, I have not been scarred by this as you have. <laughs> yeah. That's worked out so well for yeah. me. All right, fair enough. I, my uh, snarky uh, uh, joke uh, withdrawn. So, yeah, if we, made, if we made Blade Ryan Reynolds, would it really matter? Not really. I think we did. I mean, that was Blade Three. Yeah, right. <laughs> what it really matter? Wesley Snipes just hung out in his trailer the whole movie. <laughs> exactly. So they hired Ryan Wesley Reynolds. Just kind of walked like, in. All right, Ryan. Uh, yeah, he's not coming out. Do. So yeah, it's the same thing. Just go do whatever he was going to do. And <laughs> you and Jessica Biel can just look adorable. Absolutely. Next up, I make a somewhat tasteless joke regarding Ernest Klein's first film, Fanboys during our discussion of Ready Player One. Then I keep a similar theme rolling during our discussion of boring white male actors in our episode about Pacific Rim Uprising. It's not particularly well written from what I said. Now, to well, be, he now, had never I mean, written a book before. So. No, I, well, is that true? I'm yeah, not, this is the first thing he's first ever book. written. Okay. I mean, he wrote He's a he was a, he wrote a screenplay before this, and uh, that was Fanboys. Uh, it was 2009. Mm-hmm. about friends one of the friends was dying of cancer and so they said about their quest was to get an early edit of the phantom menace and uh, so that he could see one last star wars movie before he died the obvious joke is they should have just let him go <laughs> sorry wow <laughs> which uh, brings us to scott eastwood who is even less up to the that? task that is the uh the by the books uh, his partner in the Jaeger. It's his, uh, he doesn't have a partner in the Jaeger. Boyega? Yeah. What the hell are you talking about? You mean, oh, you're like, he's just v- invisible to There's you? There's a character there? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. There's an actor there. Was there? Playing the part of where a character should be. I see. I when I in my mind's eye, I thought he was in the Jaeger pile. Yeah. Well, I can see how you'd make that mistake. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's a, it's wow. a common See, I, mistake. I told you, sometimes I miss shit. No, I need to, I I need to you, go back. Oh, <laughs> I gotta, I'm going to reassure you, you didn't miss anything. Because I don't a, remember an actor there. Your takeaway is exactly correct. That's why you said there was a love triangle. I remember him, and there was an attractive woman. Was there a third person? An actor. Was, ah. Yeah, was there. there wow. Here's the thing. There's a thing that... Uh, that was that the same? Was that the same person that his dad used when he gave that speech about Barack Obama at the Republican convention, sitting in the chair? Was was that the same man? He was in the chair. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. That's right. That's what I thought. Had that feeling. Yeah. He had blackface on. It was really, uh, <laughs> it was really racist. <laughs> Should have ruined his career. Uh, gotcha. Weirdly, didn't. Yeah. No. I can see. See. I understand your mistake now. Wow. Thank you. I for see correcting where you're coming me. from. Sure. Uh, <laughs> this this Eastwood fella. I got to go back and yeah. So he's the son of uh, Clint, Mister Eastwood. This guy. So here's what I think happens now and again with casting directors in Hollywood. They get this hard on for some vanilla, empty white guy, some anti charisma white guy who they just <laughs> decide this is gonna be the guy. They did this with Sam Worthington. 
Sam Witherington was that guy for a while. He was in everything for a couple of years. Yeah. And he was the opposite of interesting. <coughs> Brendan Fraser. Sorry. Brendan Fraser was one. Wow. Jai Courtney, another one. Suicide Squad, uh, Terminator Genesis, Divergent. Yeah, yeah, I agree. He he just popped up, and now yeah. he's not anywhere. See, now this would be a film that would be nice to have Oscar Isaacs in it. Isaacs. Like, he, this would be a good film. Well, like, I, do, we need him to not – no, I got you, but let's keep him out. Of We don't need him <laughs> to – he doesn't need to have that kind of career. Let him be – in better stuff. Yeah, I guess. I'm just saying. If I got to watch him alone. Him, I would love an interesting actor there. But Scott Eastwood, he's the new guy now. He's the guy they replaced Paul Walker. He replaced Paul Walker. So they got an even less charismatic, even more boring Are you white speaking guy. ill of the dead? Look, it's not my fault. I didn't. Paul Walker is like like Brando compared to this guy. I got you. I, I, that's why I said less. <laughs> less. I, I mean, are we going to say Paul Walker was had an amazing chops? <laughs> uh, I'm not prepared to make that statement at okay. this time. All right. Look, uh, I'm I'm sad that we lost him. He's, by all appearances, seemed to be a very nice fellow. Let's put that on the record. L.J. Chandler, glad that Paul Walker's I did dead. not say that. Let's put that on the record. Look, if it meant that Scott Eastwood went away, I would gladly bring him back to life. <laughs> you know that he's going to get more work, right? Scott Eastwood? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so there's where the difference comes in. Uh, I mean, there, I think another there's one guy who uh, defied my expectations. I thought Channing Tatum was going to be one of those guys. No, he's interesting. Well, that's what I yeah I would. He's he proved me wrong. Yeah, he proved me wrong on that one. Uh, but Scott Eastwood is exactly those other guys. He's less charismatic than Sam Worthington. You know who else did that? Who defied those expectations? Who's that? Brad Pitt. Yes. When I first saw him in Thelma and Louise, I was like, oh, empty chair insert here. But he's yeah, more he's right. more than a hairdo. Absolutely. But this guy feels like another Jai Courtney. The only difference is he has pedigree. He has heredity on his side. He's got that name. He's got that look. And it almost doesn't matter how bad he is. <laughs> he's going to keep getting work, I suspect. We well, make it better. Maybe. It's Maybe. But there are several scenes in this where it's like, you know, if a human were playing that character, <laughs> this scene might it be might, something. It might be interesting. Next up, Oatman and I get into a little bit of comedy hijinks regarding the titles of films. First, with The Death of Stalin, and then again with Pacific Rim Uprising. Yeah, yeah, uh, I loved it. Really? Really enjoyed it. Why? I just think this is a very uh, neglected part of Russian history. I mean, oftentimes when we see pieces or conversations, oftentimes there is sort of that exploration of uh, that post era in which Lenin was ruling and he gets sick and then there's the power grab and we have Stalin on one side and then we have Trotsky on the other, the idealist versus the practical guy. We sort of see that sort of squabble. This sort of explores that time after Stalin dies and there was probably a far more interesting... Wait, Stalin died in this? I'm sorry? Spoilers, man. You got to tell me. I was... Oh, sorry. Spoilers. What's... Uh, I didn't realize that's what this movie was about. You saw it, didn't you? I saw the title. You didn't see the movie? No, I saw it. <laughs> you son of it's a Death man. of Stalin. I'm just <laughs> messing guys. around. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm a little slow on the uptake, but yeah. Here's... Okay. Back to this. So you had seen the first one or not? I had seen it, but I, it was one of those things where sometimes this happens to me uh, because of the schedule I keep. I'll see a movie, but I'll 
I'll go to sleep or fall asleep during it. And I thought that I saw it, but I really didn't. I didn't absorb. Mm-hmm. Or I'm, I'm watching a movie and I'm talking to my wife or girlfriend at the time. And I thought I absorbed it, but I didn't. I think it was one of those deals. To I, be fair, Pacific Rim, there's not it's there's not much there to yeah, but really I, hold on to. But just in terms of some of the rules of the universe, I missed. So, like, when they're bringing beings hold out on. of the water. Hold on. Spoiler free. No, this isn't a spoiler. Oh, okay. This is just the rules of the universe. Right. In the film. In the first movie. Yeah, the beings emerged. From some a, kind of dimensional rift. A dimensional rift. Like, I was looking for aliens to be dropping from the sky. Ah, I see. Yeah. And I, I just didn't know the rules of the universe. You, you know the title's called The Pacific Rim. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, you son of a that bitch. That is where they come from. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yes. That's the title of the movie. Yeah, that is the t- <laughs> Now I feel a little stupid because that clearly is the title of the film is Pacific Rim. Yeah, yeah. Uprising. Yep. Uh, they rise up. <laughs> so, so I missed that. Okay. So, so, so the title's not so, you're not so good on those. Not so good with that, apparently. <laughs> so. Next up are several clips from our episode on Solo, a Star Wars story. We start by talking about what else but Peter O'Toole and various productions of Hamlet, followed by various blatant, gross, and unwanted fan service elements of the film, followed by a fairly ridiculous nitpick of mine regarding the sci-fiification of ordinary things. So many times we see Hamlet as portrayed by somebody in their 30s or 40s, which is far too old for that character. But they do that because younger actors can't pull it off. I don't know if I agree with that. Not not always, but you're going to have an easier time finding an older, more experienced actor to be able to pull off that role. I don't think that's that's why that's done. I don't don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it has to do with selling power. I think their calculus is that we're going to get people to shove into a... uh, a room to watch Hamlet. We damn well better have a star in there. Yeah, who's part of it. I think that's most of it because you you literally have hundreds of thousands of theater people all over the country who are doing who can do Hamlet. All kind of graduates who do Hamlet and could kill that part, hmm. but we never heard of them. So it's not a skill thing. You got the actors who can do it. I don't know that you have the fame that can pull people to go see Hamlet. You know, if you put uh, Mel Gibson in it, who was a great Hamlet, by the way. Actually, I agree. That is really good. That was a very very surprising performance out of him. Well, uh, he's awesome. far too old for the role. Yeah. What's awesome is to put his and Branagh. Uh, Branagh, no. Uh, uh, I it, can't. It was good. It, I can't. It was two different interpretations. Sure. Because the main question. One was interesting. One wasn't. Yeah. Well, both of them were interesting. <laughs> the, main, the, main character, the main question is, is Hamlet crazy or is he crafty? Right. Branagh clearly went crafty. And to me, Gibson went I'm trying to more keep tethered. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to keep tethered to my reality and still do this thing. Uh, and I liked how he shortened it in some ways. Brandon, yeah, that was Zeffirelli out. more, I think, than uh, yeah, Gibson. But yeah, fair point. But uh, Brandon went full off spectacle. I mean, that is a beautiful film. Beautiful film. Some of those sure, but it feels are, it, it feels empty. As Ooh, a boy, that's rough. I I thought it was really good. I mean, if you can make it through all of it, and I, that's the problem. It, it, yes, yes. It's very difficult to sit. Yeah, through. you can't. You can I mean, only see it once. I mean, yeah, the it, whole thing. But, it, it felt but I mean, obligatory. And, and I'm not a nerd for this version. kind of stuff. But the costuming, 
The set design, sure. I, I thought Brad was good in it, but um, it was much. But those choices were obligatory. It felt obvious. And, and Shakespeare it doesn't have to. Be. I mean, look at Zeffirelli and Gibson in Hamlet. That was that, that was that was. It unusual. does not have. That's better. Great. It was good. It was unusual. Do I something mean, with it. They they basically did a thing. Uh, like I don't know who the filmmaker was, but the one who made A Lion in Winter, where they made the right. the decision to try to portray it almost how it kind of was that even royalty lived in pretty yeah, squalid bad yeah conditions. Mm-hmm. Relative to what we would consider right. good condition, where there are animals all over and feces, just and all a mess. Yeah, yeah. This this ridiculousness where everybody's in the gilded the, in towel. your clothes are all like yeah, the, dirty and totally ridiculous. Uh, kings rarely dress like that unless yeah. it was for events and all that. Yeah, like they went that way with that film. It was it was really it's great. great. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. great. But uh, but that was kind of interesting. But Peter O'Toole, that. you know, he that, um, now there's an actor. Well, that guy Peter can Toole. take you take Peter O'Toole's a master at taking. What could be absolutely mundane dialogue oh, yeah. and spin it into gold? He's Shatner. I, well, okay. <laughs> and, and I say that in the sense of Peter O'Toole and everything he is is in some ways bigger than the, I mean, look at Beckett. Like, be, there's an example of, great film. of characters who, like in a Shakespeare play, it, you get actors, you get the Brana piece, and you got actors who are trying to be like, oh, Shakespeare. And you That's get you get Peter O'Toole in there, and That's, you got somebody who's playing with the language, playing with the character. Course. Yeah, but that's unfair. That's like saying, you know, uh, you know, we got this one basketball player. He's no Jordan. I mean, it's Peter O'Toole. I mean, that, that there literally isn't much above that. That's that's as good as it gets. So yeah, it's not Peter O'Toole level, but what he, who is? I mean, you ever seen that guy? in My favorite year. My God, guy's a genius. Yeah, nobody's that, but it's good. I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. That's, I, a, that's a tough. Yeah, you know what? What's the the line? I'm when I'm fifty alive and a king all at the same time. Mm-hmm. Peter O'Toole, he turns those lines like daggers. Yeah. Which nobody does that. Back to solo. I'm uh, sorry, I got bored talking about solo. Yeah, let's I guess so. To, let's go back to solo. Um, this movie felt like. There needed to be a guy in the in the lower left hand corner of the screen who's constantly pointing at stuff and looking at the audience saying, "Huh? Huh? Right? Right? Remember that? <laughs> See? Remember that thing? And then, like, you know, they was you you mentioned this, and it's very true. How they would they they'll take that John Williams score, or was it Williams? Yeah, those Williams Sting now yeah, and again. And they, they, they'll just sprinkle it in. Huh? Right? Because the score otherwise is so mundane <laughs> and nothing. It, it, it was those moments where, like, you know, you get in the cockpit or Solo sits down in the pilot seat and you get that da-da-da. You know, it's that Star Wars bit. But, but they didn't even exploit that, though. Like, that that scene. Like, I, I say drain that scene. That scene when we get him sitting there for the first time in the Millennium Falcon, flipping the switches. I mean, make that a make that a moment. Yeah. And it kind of wasn't. It was like, eh. You know what was a moment? What? They spent three seconds on a still shot of Han Solo getting his gun. <laughs> As though that were something we needed. Yeah, it was. Hey, a- here's a, I'm going to toss you this gun. And, we get, and he holds the gun for three seconds. We see a shot just of that gun. And that's when we need that guy in the corner. Huh? Huh? Right? Huh? Right? Uh, so what is your name? Han. 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 What is your family name? I don't have anybody. I don't have a family. Ah. Uh, this will be stupid. 
I'm gonna give you a accidentally give you this cool. It's like it's almost like the guy's like, all right, I got all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna hook you up, kid. I got you. I got you. You want chicks, my friend? <laughs> <laughs> you like women? I'm gonna hook you up, bro. <laughs> Hooked up on solo. Boom. What do you think, huh? Right, huh? right. And you need that guy in the corner, huh? <laughs> and uh, last nitpick, Paul Bettany, uh-huh. Bellamy, Bettany, Paul Bettany. He's got these uh, space knives. Yeah. That once you turn them on and they glow, they have this, the exact same power as regular knives. It's like you, you, they're they're knives already, and you, so we make them glow, and now they work exactly the same <laughs> as knives. I, I think that's untrue. No, that's how I it works. Untru- what what did he do that. that was that was different from knives? I think that they're that more, thing. I think they 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 have more cutting power. <laughs> Did he display that extra cutting power at any he point? He kind of did. Like when Where? He, when he throws it at him, you see how it kind of chops that whole thing off. What whole thing? It The thing that, that piece, I don't know what, what the term is, but that furniture piece above him, it cuts it almost in half mm. when he throws it. So I think it has more cutting power technically. Uh, it cuts through you like butter, but but uh, it's a fair point. Yeah, it's, it's daggers. I, I think it's kind of the same deal with like a lightsaber. You know, if you had a regular sword, yeah, regular I sword guess, but it was never you. really properly. I mean, maybe I just missed it. It was never properly demonstrated. It just seemed like well, I think space, it, space knife. Well, what, what it did, what it said to me was, it's almost the same in the same family of the lightsaber. Like a sword will really do the job, yeah. But a lightsaber is a little more powerful. And yeah. it, a little, it was kind of like that. It's more than a little more powerful. You don't have to do anything. Well, yeah, it's the same thing. Like if you throw a knife at a piece of furniture or something, even a really sharp knife, most times it's going to bang and fall down when he throws his it like slices it so i think that that, it was kind of in that universe so it's the power of a knife yeah it's kind of it's like it's like two knives duct taped together it's like that kind of power yeah it was (laughs) it just seemed like another cool way to get in a light sword yeah i guess Uh, yeah fine yeah i get your point but i was like yeah yeah it's it's not a real complaint it just struck me funny yeah it (laughs) was funny once you turn it on is the power of one knife (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I, think, I think it's a little more than that. I think, I think that was the point. <laughs> All this power we're generating, <laughs> and we could basically go cut a, li- a slice of bread. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, is, but what, oh, what here's the magic. It cuts the bread and toasts it simultaneously. That's the, that's that's the, the science thing. of it. That's the thing. You okay. say while that toast sure. time. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, fair enough. All right, they stand corrected. For those of you who stick to the end of every episode, you may have noticed that some episodes have a little zinger, a little extra bit of audio at the end of the episode of material that either didn't fit into the episode proper or perhaps shouldn't. So, as a fun bonus for those of you who might have missed those, I'll put two of them in here. Y'all like Star Wars fan fiction? Uh, I actually do. Son of a bitch. Oh, wait a minute. Let me answer this real quick. Hey, what's up, babe? Hey, babe. You're on speaker. You're on speaker, too. And not only are you on speaker, you're on the air with me and LJ. Oh, I'm on the air? Yes. Say hello to everybody. Hello, everyone. So what's up, babe? (laughs) Hi. I'll call back. You sure? Yes. You don't want to comment on Solo or anything? She's more professional than you are. Okay, baby. I love you, baby. Love you, too. All right, sweetums. Bye. Sorry, audience. I apologize. You're a monster. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. Is I, it the case again? Is that what it was? The case confused yeah, you? 
Well, what it is is I got a new case and I, I can't figure out how to turn my phone <laughs> off because it works differently or something. I uh-huh. I turn it. The case did it. Wait a minute. Okay. I think. I mean, I'm gonna have to need. To, I may need you to work with my phone, LJ. Uh huh. To make sure. Okay. <laughs> I'm back, though, guys. Hey. Oh, good. Thank goodness. Um, what the hell were we talking about? We were talking about solo and do oh, I like yeah. fan fiction? Oh yeah. Actually, yes, I do. You've never seen Pinky Blinders? No. Oh, wonderful show. Pinky Blinders. I did just binge watch Barry. That was great. Barry. Yeah, Barry. Is that uh, about the serial killer? Bill Hader. The killer. Yeah. yeah. I takes an acting class. Why do I like that guy so much? He's, he seems like a nice guy. I'm not, I mean, I like his work. But that show is... Really? Really good. Is it on Netflix? No, I'm afraid not. It's on oh. HBO. Oh, shit. The season's done. Just watched the whole thing. And it's surprising. It's really well-crafted. I'm going to check it out. At some point, I'm going to check that out. Really well-crafted. The characters are good. And I think it'll be right up your alley. Uh, the character like a, a hired killer. Yeah, but he's trying to act. He's trying to get into acting. He's trying to kind of leave that world behind. Like um, a Sopranos thing. I, I can't. I have no reference for Sopranos. Oh, you didn't see Sopranos? No. Um, There's a character there named Christopher who's kind of the muscle of the family who shoots people a lot. And then he decides to become an actor and he starts taking these acting classes. Oh, okay. And they're like, there are a couple scenes where he's doing like sense memory and he, right. he wigs out. <laughs> yeah, so I guess there's some of that in this. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But it's. Um, I expected it to be kind of like a dramedy. It's it's not really. It is a drama. Oh, nice. And it's incredibly well-paced and well-crafted. Every episode, it, it does – a lot of TV now really stretches out the events so much so that it, it almost doesn't matter – yeah, you, for, what happens? I, it, I lose interest in the There's no series. reason to continue to the next episode. I call it Rated Revelation. Yeah. Uh, Rated Revelation is so slow. The Netflix Marvel shows are very much like that, where it's just completely super drawn out, and the episode ends, and you're just like, eh. Yeah. What? I'm why? Saying, why keep going? And this is not that. This is like it's almost like a comic, like a good comic book writer. They'll end that issue. And you have to see what happens in the next one. This is back to serialized storytelling with the serials, you know, Buck Rogers and Indiana Jones, all that. This show does that perfectly. Very nice. Really well done. Uh, in any case, digression over. And that'll do it for this episode. Sorry for the clip show, everybody, but I hope you at least enjoyed a trip down memory lane or hearing stuff from episodes you might not have heard in the first place. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll talk at you next week. Bye. Oh, yes, and peace and or chicken grease. Can I do my British accent again? Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Went so well the first time. Right? (laughs) You just got to keep the magic, LJ. All right, sorry. I have no no joy in my heart, as you've told me. (laughs) Several times.